Welcome back to Cognac and Conspiracies. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jade. Hey, and thank you guys for tuning in for another week. Shout out again to our giveaway winner uh, last week. Um, and shout out to everyone who entered and who listens every week. So yeah, it's Jade's week today. So we can just go ahead and hop into it. I don't have much to say other than that. Sorry if I'm a little bit low energy. Guys, I'm, I'm tired to the point of delirium. I okay? know. It's a I am tired to the point of delirium. I've been up since 3 a.m. and I have not slept, so... I'm going to try to keep it upbeat, but forgive me if I'm a little off. So. Oh, Lord, I was going to say a similar statement. So, <laughs> shit. I mean, hey, it'd be like no, that It's sometimes. a weird week because like, even today, I feel like normally after a long week and I feel refreshed, but literally I went to work and I'm like, no, it feels like Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like I got a day off. It definitely mm-hmm. feels like a long week. Like, I, I don't feel like that like holiday did me any favors. Mm-hmm. But, I will not. But I will pep it up. All right. I'll do my best. All right. All right, so let's talk about it. Okay, so today we actually are going to talk about the Green Bay Massacre. And this is something that, like, I picked because it's basically true to the original, like, concept of coming conspiracies. Like, it's Mm -hmm. very much a conspiracy. And um, the Green Bay Massacre took place in Jamaica, so it's not that, like, talked about in the United States. Or Jamaica for that, a lot of people compare this to kind of, like, the Tulsa... Uh, massacre where it's not really taught in school like you either find about family member or someone who knew but it's not really taught in school um there's like a song about it and the song was even banned for a little while because it like depicted these events but it really is like one of these things that isn't really talked about and i actually found out about it because i was watching like you know how vice has videos Mm -hmm. it like randomly came to my youtube this vice video about like why black people are so prone to conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and it really was just an ad to get people vaccinated um which was not i didn't really enjoy that and i think most people had to say that it was kind of like pandering like mm-hmm. it was one title but really was just like get the vaccine um which is whatever but basically in that video when it started off they mentioned the green Bay massacre and i was like what the hell is that um, yeah i've never heard of this so i'm excited to hear yeah mm-hmm. so I don't know if I should, like, preface what happened or just, like, let people find out what happened. It's up to you. We'll see it's if your it, story. We'll see if it works out. I'll, okay. I'll see if I can just tell it and y'all figure it out. If I miss anything, I'll, uh, I'll fill it in. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So, let's get started. So, basically, I don't know the exact date of the first event, but I want to say that this happened the day before the massacre. So the massacre took place on January 5th of 1978. Mm-hmm. So we can assume this happened the same week, maybe the 4th or 3rd. But this is, like, nobody knows exact day, like, the kind of kicker to these events started off. Okay. But I, I want to say sometime that week or even the day before. Okay. Okay, so basically, so around this time, again, before the massacre, so basically undercover agents from the Jamaican military intelligence unit actually went to a community in Kingston, Jamaica called Southside. And this area was particularly known because a gang called the Powell Posse um, on Wikipedia, but I've also seen them called the Skull Gang. Basically, there was a gang in this area that had a lot of control in Southside Jamaica. Mm. And the military intelligence unit, like Jamaica's... I guess army, I want to say. So they targeted the group because many of like the Skull Gang members, they were closely connected with the Jamaican Liberation Party. Mm-hmm. And again, I had to do like a little bit of Googles because again, I'm not Jamaican mm-hmm. um, or anything like that. Basically, in Jamaica, like how we have here, there's two pretty prominent um, political parties, mm-hmm. or at the moment it's like that. So the Jamaican Liberation Party is the 
party right now that's not in power. So, okay. like I said, like how we go, Democrat, you know <clears throat> what I'm saying? Like how, yeah, yeah so the pin, like last couple, four years, Trump was in office. So, you could say, I guess, like it was Republican and the Republican Party had power. And now you could say that Joe Biden's in office. So, now, you know, yeah, you it flips. That. It's so, like, yeah, it's like that. Two, so, so two main parties. Same shit. So, they flip and flop. So, basically, mm-hmm. in this area of Southside, um, Jamaica, Basically, the people in that area right now are supporting the Jamaican Liberation Party. And I also have seen that a lot of, like, Jamaican gangs are kind of, like, fueled by the politics. Like, they're very closely tied. Like, I feel like in America, like, gangs and politics, like, Crips are not, like, fighting for Democrats. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really like that. But it kind of got the vibe that, like, I don't know, right? Like, Like, it's weirdly connected. Versus here, it's not. Um, I feel like in a lot of other countries... Then, like the gangs, it's it, like it's very corrupt. The government, so exactly. they do have like ties. That's like, I mean, shit. That's Pablo Escobar was like uh, built like fucking half of Miami. So uh, oh, yeah, oh, too. so yeah, it's like stuff oh, like did that. Did he like build half the town and shit? Where yeah. he's from or whatever? Yeah, he, yeah I, I watched um, and they have a hippo problem. What's that show? A hippo problem. He bought all these fucking. Hippos. Oh, they multiply. Yeah, and they multiply. Like he had like his own like basically compound, like his own compound, a huge area. He bought all these fucking animals, and basically when he died, they set the animals loose, uh-huh. or they kill some of them or put some of them in zoos. But hippos are like crazy aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and so they just kind of left the hippos thinking that they would die off, and they didn't. And now they have a Colombia has a really bad hippo, hippo problem. problem. Yeah, all because of him. That's well. Oh, <laughs> it's like I remember. I don't know. If he's the guy. I think he is the guy who got sent to jail, but he like negotiated where he got to build like his part of the jail, and I think he later broke out of like the jail he had built or some shit. Yeah, he like built the jail, but he, it, I don't. I watched um Narcos, and I think he actually they let him like. It, did, it wasn't even the jail. The jail was like in his home. So basically, he was in his backyard with like a basketball court. And he basically yeah. just promised not to leave his backyard. Yeah. But then the thing was, the only reason they actually took him to real jail is because he was back there still whacking niggas. Like he was killing people and still doing crime. And they found out. And they were like, okay, now you have to go to real jail. You can't do that. So oh, yeah, so right. We say all oh, this to say Corrupt. that in other countries, I, here it's it's weird. Because like I said, it would really be like Crips are for Democrats <laughs> and Bloods are like Republicans. <laughs> And that's not like not the case. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So a corruption. Man. Yeah. So it was it was just to kind of show, I guess, why maybe the, this gang would be a direct threat. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So as you can kind of assume, at the time, the Jamaican Liberation Party was not the party of power. Uh, the People's Nation Party was the party who currently had like the most power, whatever. So mm-hmm. at, at the time, so and again, I, I learned a lot about Jamaica, and I feel like I'm no Jamaica expert, and I definitely feel like this is one of those episodes. Where, like, if you think it's interesting, um, definitely something to research. There's a movie, um, books and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would definitely suggest people to look into. Mm-hmm. But basically, the '70s was apparently a really brutal and violent time in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the People's National Party was the party in power time, and they were actually really, really serious about like I don't know, like keeping keeping peace in the area or what they consider peace. So they basically put out an order that they were willing to take any reasonable steps to ensure the removal, either overtly or covertly, mm-hmm. of anyone who was deemed to be a threat to the island security and to the smooth running of the PMP government. Okay. So they had already put this out there that if you were a rebel, anything to get in the way with them, they were not playing with your ass. Gotcha. Yeah. So I guess on that day, 
whatever. These men had basically, the people of Southside Jamaica had become some type of political threat to PMP. And they had this whole operation where they had undercover uh, military members go out there. Yeah. They're on their B-16. Yeah, exactly. Though it's very, it's very much giving B sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So the undercover agents they showed up in Southside and they basically approached a group of men. And still, it's kind of unclear to me if these men were pre-selected, but it sounds like they really did go and try to round up specific men for this. Mm-hmm. So they went around basically the area and they pretended to be like recruiters looking for men to be bodyguards and drivers. And every person who got the job would get three hundred dollars a week, which was a lot of money at the time. As well as they were pro- they were promised like firearms. So I guess them knowing that these men were in gangs, they knew that that is something they're looking for. And they basically said like as equipment for their job, they would get firearms. Gotcha. So a lot of people um, were like, yeah, let's do it. So about 14 men originally agreed to the job opportunity. But again, on the day when it was time to meet up, so January 5th, 1978, only 10 men actually showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all like called to some meetup spot like early in the morning and again, some people say that the four men who never showed up, they were suspicious that this was too good to be true. Yeah. And they made this to themselves, as well as others say that some genuinely overslept and missed the opportunity. Are you just going, okay, got it. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, you overslept, I guess. Yeah, but they said it was really early. And basically, people were saying, like, the van came to get them for the job really, really early. Pause yeah, I just think that's just, it always tickles me when people say they did. I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I know I've said it to you before. When people are fully grown and they're like, I didn't wake up. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you didn't wake up? Like, set an alarm. What do you, like, they didn't wake up. <laughs> yeah, all right. And some people, like, I have a, um, like, I was at my job a long time ago and we had, like, a speaker come. Mm-hmm. And I think that he was saying something like he had overslept and that's what, like, caused him to miss 9-11. Like, oh. he was basically, like, 20 minutes behind his day-to-day schedule. So when he got in his car... Um, the planes had already been hit and basically traffic backed up so bad he never even got into the city because like, if he would have woken up on time and gotten to like to work on time he would have been in the World Trade Center that's crazy um, when it got hit so sometimes it pays to overslept right so it well it also pay for those men if they overslept I'm gonna be honest for real oh shit okay yeah so yikes what's her <laughs> in a darker note but, but basically so that morning um, a army ambulance actually came up to some corner in Southside and picked the men up and took them to the Green Bay Artillery Range located at a military base. Mm. So basically they got on the ambulance, which again is kind of like a weird thing to get picked up in. Mm. So they get in the truck and then the men get in, whatever, whatever. They get to the destination, the artillery like range. I guess I want to say like shooting range. Yeah, it sounds like Yeah. It. So when they get out of the car, they basically told like, get out of the car, like just hang out here for a second. And then another vehicle is going to come and that's going to take you to get like the firearms, the materials we need, like training, like that, that'll take where we need to go. So just hang out here for a second and then we'll bring you to like the next step, I guess, in like job training. Gotcha. So the car drove off, left the men there. They were just standing there. Like outside the gun, like outside the firing range or whatever? They're in the firing range. Oh, they're in there. Okay. Yeah. But they, they literally emptied them out of the car, saying another vehicle's coming, just okay. like hang out, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm painting the picture. I yeah. Mm-hmm. So once they get out of the vehicle, very quickly, gunshots ring out. And essentially there were snipers in the hills above them who were firing shots at them. So, immediately, five men were shot dead, and the other five actually managed to escape by running into, basically, the bushes or, like, the area surrounding. They ran out, and it's said that, I think that right now, there actually is, I think there's, 
three surviving members of the massacre, but only one still resides in Jamaica. Shoot. Everybody else lived. I mean, everybody else died. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. And then, so one person resides in Jamaica, and then the other two left, I'm sure, wherever they went. Yeah, else. and I guess maybe um, two died natural causes, or we'll get to it, and then five, like, died on the scene. Yeah, I'd have to go ahead and head out of Jamaica as well. That guy is uh, smart. Yeah. So, of the people who, like, did die, so actually, like I said, I feel like they really did, like, try to, um, they didn't just pick random people. I feel like they knew who they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Because, so, Norman Thompson, um, he was a former national footballer baller for the Santos football team. I think that's, like, important in Jamaica. Cause mm-hmm. It's, like, the highlighted thing of, like, the victims. Yeah. Um, so, I'm assuming, like, he was really important and he ended up dying in it, as well as Glenroy Richards. Um, an inspiring reggae singer. And he actually went on to be famous after the the shooting. So his music became really popular like after his death. That sucks. Um, as well as like Trevor Clark, Winston Hamilton, <clears throat> Martin Hamilton, all unfortunately died in the massacre. So again, so there's only one surviving member um, still living in Jamaica. So Delroy Anthony Griffith. And he gives, so basically when you look up the whole thing, he gives a lot of like eyewitness testimony. And he's probably like the only person really to speak on it. Like I couldn't find the other like members who survived like talking about it. Um, but basically, like I said, like they're probably scared. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, like I said, in some kind of crazy like fate, he said that he actually watched a movie the night before. Um, where people were escaping gunfire, like a action movie. And mm-hmm. he saw that they were like, as soon as the bulls came, they hit the ground and like crawled to safety. And he said that's the only reason he survived is because he literally followed the steps he had seen in that movie the night before. And that's how he managed to like get away, like unseen into the bushes. And basically when he got away, he just ran, ran, ran. He ended up getting to like an end point um, where he saw like fishermen on a boat from like he was like on a hill and saw them below. And he like waved them down and they actually took him and rescued him and brought him back home did he get shot at all or did it all missed him apparently he didn't get shot at all mm-hmm. yeah he just kind of like he went home like i feel like that same night like he just went home out of me i feel like he's like the only person who ever turned to the same night yeah and mm. he's the only person to actually stay in jamaica and one reason why and he said he like thought people would be looking for him i thought but i guess I they so never too. like maybe they didn't recognize him or maybe who knows why they never came maybe because other people will disappear people already died who knows? But basically, he says they never came for him, or maybe he's, like, sleeker than he thought. Because, actually, after the massacre, um, a curfew was put in place in the Southside community because they were looking for the man they hadn't gotten. So they really wanted to make sure that no one could ever tell this story, and they were really looking for them. So, like I said, he was, like, shocked they never found him because he literally went home. But it makes sense why the other men fled Jamaica because they really were looking for them. Like, they really wanted no survivors. I'm sure. Yeah. Because now, see, look, now you're on a conspiracy podcast. So. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what now happened. Now all your dirty laundry in the street, how you be trying to it, kill your citizens. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And people talked and people like mm-hmm. to talk. So people did talk and word got out. And the military did end up releasing a statement saying that the men were shot dead because they actually attacked members of the Jamaican Defense Force first. And that's how they ended up getting killed. Like basically, they somehow... So they tried to lie. Yeah. So they said that they had shot first, and that's essentially... Then the military shot back, and that is how they ended up dying. That That's the oldest line in the book. The oldest yeah. in the book. Every time the uh, government or the military or some want somebody dead, and they just murdered them in cold blood, they're like, they shot first. And it's like, no, they didn't. They tried to, they tried to Fred Hampton them. That's what they tried to do. Exactly. Yeah. Well... It didn't work so good. Yeah, clearly. So nobody really <clears throat> believed this. So it was like published in newspapers and things like that, and no one really believed it. 
So the people of Southside Jamaica, they actually did start to protest. So they actually protested this. And out of this, there was an investigation done. Mm -hmm. And it came to light pretty quickly that there was like overwhelming evidence there had been a conspiracy um, of the members of the Jamaican Defense Force to kill the men at Green Bay. And evidence also showed that these orders were made by Major Ian Robinson and Captain Carl Marsh of the JDF, the Jamaican Defense Force. Mm -hmm. And in 1978, arrest warrants were actually issued for 10 members of the JDF for first-degree capital murder as well as conspiracy and including the people, those 10 members were Major Ian Robinson and Captain Carl Marsh. So, unfortunately, though, on July 8th, July, I think just July of 1981, basically everybody who got conspiracy charges was acquitted. What? And then on February 8th of 1982, all murder charges were dropped. So, what? everyone, for lack of evidence, everybody was was yeah acquitted of that. Did they ever? Did they ever find dude who's in Jamaica and bring him? He probably didn't want to testify. Maybe. The dude who survived was in Jamaica. He never like. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't know, come I, either though. Yeah, I'd be like, I escaped right. death once. I'm not. So I've never heard that, right? So in all the stuff I watched, I never really heard him say if he attended like the trials things like that. And I guess because yeah. it was like fresher. Because I just honestly so. He really, like, when I saw the interview, I feel like he just started talking, like, 2012, man, when it was, like, the oh. anniversary of it or something, or something like that, because it seemed like he really, I don't know, like I said, maybe he really did just keep to himself uh, in an effort to not get caught, but it seems like he really didn't, like, go to court. Basically, they got acquitted of lack of evidence, so maybe he did testify. I mean, or maybe he didn't, and that was, like, the lack of evidence, because there was no... There were survivors, but there's probably no survivors willing to come and testify against them because you already almost killed me once. Yeah. I'm not going to come, you know, I'm not going to emerge from the shadows to try to quote, put you in jail. This is a whole, uh, this is a whole government party. Like, I'm sure they still have people on the outside. Yeah. So I feel like if that you already, like I said, you've already proven to me that you don't mind uh, murdering niggas in cold blood. So I'm not going to come and testify thinking like shit sweet. And then I get home. And I'm and I get shot up. I'm not doing that. I would yeah. I would leave it alone. No, and it's, yeah. it's still like a like I said, I feel like to this like in Jamaica at the time, like the gangs are tied to political parties and you really don't know what will happen to you. So Yeah, Jamaica has a bad and this if you're Jamaican, don't take this wrong way, but they have a certain parts of Jamaica have a really bad crime problem. They mm. do. And it's like something I've been aware of for a long time. So that's why when like people be like, Oh, I wanna go to Jamaica and people be going to Jamaica and getting like Airbnbs and shit. I'd be yeah. like, Fuck no. Like I'm gonna be on yeah. a resort. I'm not staying in like no random yeah. house in a random neighborhood in Jamaica because I don't know that area and I know that certain areas and certain places the crime is bad especially if you're American they can oh, hear absolutely. your voice they'll snatch your ass up and hold you for a ransom uh, they sure will absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't doubt it at all like, yeah yeah Yikes. I definitely hear like when I was like looking at this there definitely is like newer uh, cases of conspiracy and crime in Jamaica like there's still it's bad from what I've seen a bit of government corruption so I wouldn't doubt that um, yeah yeah I wouldn't doubt any of that it's bad Maybe I'll look into some a little more conspiracy. Yeah, I think international conspiracies definitely. There's definitely a lot of them. I thought I'll look into it. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, definitely is a lot of it. But ultimately, so ultimately, no one did ever serve jail time for the murders. That's crazy. So even though that you have surviving victims, um, other victims in other countries, things of this nature, no one ever served the time. I'm not pleased. 
So even after the fact, so again, so Major Ian Thompson. So I think actually, so he died in like 2012. And I think that is when the one survivor actually started talking. So I think, like, I remember seeing all these articles where they kind of line up that, like, after the death of this, like, um, the guy who was ultimately probably responsible. Like, he was found to be the one who called the orders. but He, he was also, orchestrating the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, but he yeah. ultimately escaped all of it. Um, he basically died at, like, in, what, age of 95, in, like, 2012, I think. Damn. Yeah, and actually, like, to this day, when he was, like, questioned about what happened to the in the events, he actually said that no angels died at Green Bay. So what basically, do you mean by that? like saying that it's like people say that it's like almost well, I take it as it's almost like an admission to doing the killings, but saying that they weren't good people. Like you said, uh, that no angels died at Green Bay. Basically, saying that like it, yeah, him. yeah, like he's like he I didn't kill it. good, upstanding people. Like I kill bad people. Like to this day, I feel like he still feels good in that decision of what he did, and I think to. Mm, um, I mean, you shouldn't be killing anybody, but I do think there's a difference between killing people who, like, you know, when people are in gangs or whatever, and they they know what type of lifestyle they're living. They're going back and forth, you killing them, they killing you, everybody killing, all right? You yeah. know, you're doing that type of stuff, you might get caught. There's a difference between that and, like, just killing a random person. That's the same, but I think it's yeah. not, like, the place of the government to do that. Like, yeah, like, no, they're not. It was like, oh, they're gang, wild. gang farce, something like that. Like, you know, so you chose a lifestyle, so things like that might happen to you. But I feel like the fact that they got them down there over the prospect of jobs. Of jobs, yeah. It's like literally like the Democratic Party, like going into middle of West Virginia, <laughs> grabbing 10 hunters, telling them that they want like, I don't know, a good meal or some cows or some shit. And then they literally shoot them dead. We like, saw that Trump flag. Boy. Right, you, you can't do that. <laughs> can't like do as that. much as I don't agree with them, yeah. you can't wrangle people up and kill them. He's a bad person too, so. Right. All, yeah, I you mean, still, I, don't, yeah, I don't know that they're bad people because in my head I'm like, what did they Right, um, but he, I'm like, sir, you look like the bad person. You're the one who tried to massacre ten people in cold blood, and you did. Well, you tried, right? But <laughs> yeah, you got, you, you got, got five. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and basically to this day, like the guy who's the main survivor, um, he feels a lot of like it's still. He says it's still the worst day of his life, and I feel like it's still very unsettling because he basically was saying that he needs some type of government assistance. Mm-hmm. So after everyone was acquitted, the court did award survivors five thousand and five five thousand five hundred dollars. Which basically, again, is not that much because five thousand like, dollars. Yeah, he even kind of talked about how the fact that like other people who have experienced such crimes have been paid like for life, which like that happened when he was really young. He's like a lot older now. It's been like what twenty plus what forty years something like that, and he not forty years math, but it's been a long time. Okay, and yeah, this was in the seventies. What I mean, it, it was in seventy eight. Yeah, it was almost maybe close it was to 20, 30 something. Yeah, 30 something. Yeah. But yeah. basically... I'm not good at math. Yeah, 31 years? We don't... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it was a brick ago. But basically, yeah, that $5,000 wasn't going to get him anything. And he feels yeah. like he kind of was done wrong by that. Is that that is like what they paid out to him? He was. Because I'm like... I mean, it was a while ago, but it wasn't that far. It's not like this was the 1800s. You'd be like, $5,000 was equivalent to and it $50,000. Wasn't. It this wasn't. is the 70s. $5,000 yeah. is $5,000. Yeah, like, that's not like, enough. He still works. Like, his quality of life is not, like, that great. Like, he said he still has to, like, borrow money from family and things like that. Like, he said, like, watching, like, other victims of crime. I think he... I want to, like, not misquote this man. But in one of the articles, he was like, 
comparing situations. I don't, I don't think he said like Holocaust people because um, I don't remember that. Basically, he was like a comparing situations to other people who experienced like also attempted, being attempted, like their life being taken by the government. Mm-hmm. And he said people like that like live very good lives. Mm-hmm. And he's out here, Lily, still trying to get a job, still trying to borrow money. Like he's not, he's living still a pretty hard life. Like, But do they though? What? Like, the, I mean, like I said, this is Jamaica, so maybe it's different there. But in America... The government be doing the same bullshit. They don't be paying the money that they need to pay. I I think, like I said, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Because I do... Oh, maybe I should go look it up. But I think that, like, in other countries, eventually you got the money. So I feel like, in the case even of, like, the Holocaust... They got money. Eventually you got the money, though. Mm -hmm. And even for, like, a lot of the articles we do... Like, I I remember, like, all the time, for eugenics, I think the payout was, like, $25,000. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was, like, your grandma's already dead. And well, now you, it's not. Me. It's not right at mm. all. So it's not. It's, yeah, it's not life changing money. It's still not life changing. So if like the family got the money, and now grandma has six grandkids, and now everybody got whatever, but still, it doesn't take away the pain she had. Like it, that. That's that doesn't do the damage. But I think I kind of agree with what you're saying because a lot of people, the money was not paid in their lifetime. Mm. So maybe like knock on what I would hate to say this, but I feel like after his passing, maybe as it gets revisited. His great great grandkids will get money for it, but I feel like nobody really ever gets the money. Um, because then people get money for Japanese internment camps and they yes. get money, but they didn't get. I don't think they got their money immediately either. No, Mm-mm. they didn't. Still waiting on mine. Everybody got money, but black people. Bro, don't get me started on reparations. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the reparations episode. I should do reparations episode. But the thing is about reparations is people be multiplying so much. I feel like I'm gonna get like five dollars at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should give everybody like it shouldn't be a family payment because that's not fair right because if you have multiple siblings <clears throat> you shouldn't have to split it everybody should get a check but so then, if you're giving if you're giving 100k for reparations in a perfect world or whatever shit I just we deserve more than that but if you're giving 100k to descendants of slaves you don't just give it to the family you need to give it to each person but then that's the problem though because then you have to start breaking people down like genetically it's like if somebody is biracial like do you take you a dna swab and be like well actually he's only 11 percent european and then he gets like the 90 like what is that like he gets 89 percent of that it's like cause i never I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you i've never considered biracial people because <laughs> you have some it's like, like I, I think about it a lot because mm-hmm. you have some biracial people who really are I don't, you know there's like white passing mm-hmm. there's some biracial people they literally have to tell you that they are biracial and you would never ever guess like that guy matt james on the bachelor i would never in a million years until he opens his mouth and starts dating <laughs> i would never know that he was biracial so he probably like, you know, I feel like he gets a good chunk of change. I mean, it's complicated. We can give it to the light brights. They can have some too. I mean, I feel like if you're, a descendant of, if you're a descendant of slaves, you're a descendant of slaves. And then that's just what it is. Because I feel like the whole point was that their black parent didn't get their due diligence and their life probably would, even if their life is good, it would have been even better. Like say just your dad is black or just your mom is black. If your black mom and your black dad had got what they deserved as far as their 40 acres and a mule, so to speak, your life probably would be different. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but they didn't even give them a chance. And it's so crazy because I'm like, you paid slave owners for their slaves, but you can't pay descendants of slaves 
who got all their shit took and they didn't have no opportunities. Make it make sense. But I was to say, he, it makes, I'm not surprised that they didn't give him his, his proper, his, I'm not surprised they didn't give him his coin. Yeah. I'm not shocked so, at all. So, he basically, I mean, I was going to be a short episode, so he basically never got his money. As well as actually, like, to this day, there really is no main cause, like, for the massacre. So, clearly, it's some type of, like, political beef, but nobody knows, like, the events that lined up to this that made these men, like, selected, murdered, targeted, and for this whole thing to be planned, like, basically, we know that at the time, like, the PNP was, like, really about, um, you know, cracking down and trying to create, I guess, what they considered a peaceful and, like, mm. law-abiding, like, environment in Jamaica. But there's no, like, there's no clear path of events you can follow to figure out why it happened. Like, I feel like a lot of times in, like, American history, you can be like, well, then, like, um, what is that group we did that got bombed? I feel like... What do you mean? Tulsa? No, it was like, um... Oh, it was a cult? No, it was like, remember, like, it was like Ramona Africa and all of them? Damn it, I feel like we do too many episodes. I'm gonna say, we've done a ton of episodes. Damn, niggas damn, been damn, getting damn, bombed, but niggas, because all the bombs. No, they bombs. actually got Move. Move. So, yes. Move. Okay, yes. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, basically, like, with Move, there's, like, a linear timeline of events. They still were not really a threat to the government at all, and I really don't even understand how that happened to this day. But there's, like, a linear timeline you can follow to figure out... Like, you can see the anger rising and, like, the, um... Them starting to stall. Yeah! Like, the push and pull of them and the government. You can start Mm -hmm. to see it. With this, there is no push and pull. Like, whenever I look... When I was looking at it, it seems like it just kind of happened. I think that's still very unsettling for a lot of people. Like, I've even watched... Like, like I watched this on, like, YouTube video. This girl who's, like, Jamaican. And she was even saying, like, there's a lot of rumors of why it happened. But there is no, like, linear timeline of, like why it happened like why obviously because you can be like oh yeah it was gang members and when you look at the list of the victims like a reggae singer a basketball player like it doesn't make a lot of sense like i don't get it i was wondering that too because i was like wait it's like so i understand like you said i understand being at odds and being like i'm part of this party and you're part of that party yeah. and we don't agree on things right but like you said you can't just wrangle a take a bunch of republicans down to the the, the park and start popping them because y'all differ yeah. on social issues yeah. you can't do that or take a bunch of democrats and start popping them because y'all differ on social issues like right. that's not but maybe they were maybe it's like kind of not uh documented well but maybe they felt like they were gaining influence or things like that so, yeah and so they wanted to like kind of like put a stop to it before it got started that's that's kind of where my mind is going with that that maybe yeah. they had they were gaining some little influence as a group and the piece of trash ass nigga who got them killed was like i'm you know i don't yeah. want people to follow them i want to win the next election or whatever so him being a psychopath he was like you know how i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna murder them so i think i definitely <laughs> agree with that because like i said i feel like they try to paint a picture that they were out trying to murder like gang members saying like oh like no angels were killed at green bay but it kind of seems like those people influence. Like I said, it seems like rising. So there were like two, in my opinion, like rising celebrities mm-hmm. that were killed in this, and like we really don't know the influence of the other people who died or what po- or what potential they had or mm-hmm. what type of movement they were drumming up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems almost like that. Um, like I said, it probably is, and it, like I said, it's not. I think that is. I think that probably is what happened because that happens in American government, even. You see it all the time, like with the Black Panther Party. And when I was in college, we had a designer who designed for the Black Panthers come mm-hmm. to Interesting. speak. And I was like, only at an HBCU. Shout out to HBCU. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like, it was cool, but he was basically talking about, he was doing their flyers and like magazines and stuff. And they stalked him 
They bugged his phone. They bugged his house. Like they harassed this man for doing magazines for the yeah. Black Panthers because they felt like they are gaining too much influence mm-hmm. and anybody that is associated we're going to keep tabs on you. He's yeah. like, damn, I'm just trying to design some nice artwork. And they're like, nah, nigga, you getting a bug too. You getting a yeah. wiretap as well. And, and he was talked about it. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. And it's crazy because this man wasn't even that old. He probably was like in his 60s. And lot, he wasn't yeah. that old. And he was like, yeah, they tapped they tap my shit. I was scared for my life. And the, scary, <laughs> and the thing is, I feel like the main reason why I really wanted this episode, not even for like a, I guess for entertainment still, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think this episode is like one thing that's really important and like got me interested in like conspiracy in the black community because this is one of those things that happens in history mm-hmm. and kind of like adds to that pile of events that's happened of mm-hmm. why black people have this distrust for the government. Of course. I think the episode is important because it, it's like a lot of times when things happen and even, even with the coronavirus stuff, people look at black women and they're like, why does the black people have such a distrust for the police? Um, with medical professionals, things like that. I'm like, well, because we have a laundry list of things that have actually happened of why you would not want to trust that. Mm-hmm. Like, Lou, the guy who spoke to you guys was like, yeah, my phone was literally tabbed. Mm-hmm. To say that he does not trust government officials and the government in general, why would he? Why would he? Why would, like, to fight to a lot of people, it's like a far-fetched conspiracy, mm-hmm. but no, it's literal history. Yeah, it is yeah. history. And I feel like if you're not uh, black or if you're not uh, you know, of a certain demographic, you don't like you miss these things, right? Because this man has children, he has wives, he has grandchildren, exactly. they have friends. All the, you know, these are not. It's not just like because people are like the media, the media. I'm like, no, these are people we know in everyday life sharing these stories of these things that actually happen to them in real life. So I'm sure he probably told. If the government tapped my phone, I wouldn't. T- I would tell my kids not to trust the government too, exactly. right? And then we keeping it going, keeping it going, keeping it going. And they're like, like, hit the kids. Why? Why are you so paranoid? It's like, nah, they literally tried to kill my dad in the '60s. Right. So I'm not right. paranoid. This is real life. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, it's like, why wouldn't they do it again? I think that mm-hmm. more so, again, I think we're not like a, um, what is it? Like a aluminum foil, like tin hat, like type of conspiracy podcast. <laughs> but in the same, right. We're not that type of podcast, but I think in the same breath, you have to be somewhat naive to blindly t- trust the government. Mm-hmm. So I don't really support, like I said, like I'm not radical in any sense, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think there is a problem with like radicalization right now in the United States. Like, please people, let's still keep it in check. But I don't think that you should just... Put your fucking mask on. Go get the damn vaccine. Exactly. But I don't think that you should blindly (laughs) trust the government. Because I think that, like, do your due diligence. And then when you decide it's safe, like, go ahead and get it. But I don't think that you should, like, blindly trust Facebook or the government. Right. Like, I think that people should be educated not to make their own decisions. That's nice. Um, But, yeah. That's all I have to say. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that episode. That was interesting. Like you said, we we went went back to our roots a little bit. It's just hard to find shit. It's really hard. I'm about to do a poll. You know what I want to do? What? I want to do 9-11. Ah! I, feel like, woo, I feel like it's so touching. Girl, now I'm the anniversary of 9-11 coming up. <laughs> Perfect timing. No, it's not. <laughs> no, that's disrespectful. I, 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 but no, I wouldn't be disrespectful. I just... I don't know. I that's mean, why I, I feel like I don't want to do it, but I feel like it's such a touchy subject. It's not, like, like, it's not how I would be like, fuck y'all niggas, but I feel like it's such a touchy subject. People oh, no, be like, girl. Oh, no. Uh, I'm not trying to get my wires tapped. <laughs> Oh, you're right. The government do be on your ass. Yeah, like if we say 9/11 one more time, like they're gonna cut the mics off. It's like like Candyman. No, that's literally a FBI agent tap opens up your camera. That's literally what happens. Like I don't, I don't like say Taliban five times, and literally they tap your shit. No, ma'am. You know there was a nigga who, um, apparently in high school, and I'm not gonna say his name, but there was apparently a rumor going around that he, um, 
like the FBI visited his house during like the Bush administration because he had tweeted something crazy about about Bush. I'll tell you his name when we get off here. Okay, but and no, he had a I, but he had a Muslim name. But no, I actually don't. No, I'm serious. I think people don't realize like when the height of like 9/11 birthday was. I think like what NSA became like NSA was crazy. I'm not saying not cr- again. Don't just trust blindly. Mm-hmm. But I think NSA even got like outed because they were. It was like an abuse of power. Mm-hmm. Like they were tapping everything. Like the amount of surveillance people were under, they didn't even know about is mm-hmm. like crazy. Like the amount of privacy people thought they had, they really didn't have. Like they mm-hmm. were like, like I said, I think I joke, but I really do think that if you had said a couple words in a, in a string a little too much, your phones have definitely been tapped. Like after 9-11, that shit happened to us. And I feel like nobody like... I don't know. I feel like they were just tapping everybody. Like I feel like then we had like homegrown terrorism. Like I said, 9-11 is a very... It is a topic, like, I feel like I've even thought about doing it, but I feel like I'm it's scared. Just, it's, yes, and I really like living, so. <laughs> All right, so I might do Jonestown then. Yeah, let's do something. I'll do, I'll do a poll on Instagram. Don't worry about it. But yes, Jeez. they came to this, Um, not with 9 11. I'm not doing that. But uh, Okay. <laughs> with, with the other ones that I'm thinking of, and yeah. I'll let people. Okay. I haven't done a poll in a while, and I'll let people pick. Yeah. But no, they came to his home and basically printed his, had his twi- tweets printed out and was like, Did you say this? What did you mean by this? In question and came brought him down to I guess with the prison where and questioned him because you can't it. do that. Yeah. Like I said, like I said, I'd say it's like a joke, but mm-hmm. like if the episode is a little too funny, <laughs> literally, like I feel like we're literally gonna end the episode, open the door, and like FBI. <laughs> literally, this is I'm gonna go to walk my dog. There's gonna be a white van, and they're gonna be like, "Excuse me, ma'am, can you go back I'm in the like, house for a second? God <laughs> damn. All right, we certain certain things just uh, table talk conversations. We'll no, really, no. That, well, it probably isn't table talk. I, I firmly believe that all my shit's probably been tapped. <laughs> I'm serious. Because you Google search history. But yeah, right. this was good. I like this, Jay. Yay. This is a good episode. All right, you guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Like I said, we'll see you next week. Um, I'm going to run a poll to see. Maybe I'll let y'all pick the next episode. Or maybe I'll run a poll tomorrow and then base my little research off of that. And that'll be a good time. So, as always, we're calling you at conspiracies at gmail.com. We're calling you at conspiracies on Instagram. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, guys.